see the uh, this meeting is being recorded message. Did you forget to do that? It's up there. I see in the top left corner. Recording. All right. All right. Okay. All right. It's one thing to get off on a smooth start, you know. It doesn't sound very smooth. Ooh, pretty smooth. I mean, we didn't have to start again, you know. We didn't have to do a breakfast ball. I love that. I played with some guys yesterday that uh, I got joined up with. I was playing with my friend Bill, and we got joined up with two guys we didn't know. They were, they were affable. And on the very first tee, when they didn't know anything about us, they said, we have a uh, hit till you're happy policy. <laughs> so what, is, what does that even mean? They go, yeah, just hit as many as you want off the first tee. I'm like, all right, well, I appreciate the offer. Regardless of how many people are standing there with their arms folded? I, I guess. There was no one behind us. But uh, I didn't know, like I said to Bill, as well, I guess I just hit one. I was fine with it. And I said, I wonder how many they, is there like a limit if they get to six or seven? And Anyway. And how do you define happy? Exactly. Exactly. Coach Tim. Check out. Uh, it's a golf spiritual leader along with uh, Tim O'Connor, uh, affectionately known as Coach Tim on this program. This is Swing Thoughts, the uh, golf podcast that is, we think, uh, unique, different than most. And uh, we have a very uh, dedicated, loyal group of listeners, Swing Thought devotees. STDs, as we call them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're proud and happy to uh, have been brought to you each and every week by the fine folks at uh, Oscar Bravo. You, again, look great in your polo. Yes, Oscar Bravo. Uh, the coolest, most interesting golf polo you'll ever wear. Um, made of fine Italian fabric uh, with amazing accents that you won't find anywhere else. And you won't find anyone at your club ever wearing this shirt. No. So check out whoisoscarbravo.com. I had someone approach me at a uh, Ryder Cup event, a senior event, on uh, a couple days ago. And he said, is that the shirt? And I said, oh, yeah. He said, like, it was almost like, is that the good stuff? I'm like, yeah, man. This is where the shit's happening. Yeah. Exactly. And um, he asked me if there was any way that you know, Oscar Bravo could uh, sponsor our senior Ryder Cup team. And I said, we can't afford them. Okay. Our team nope. cannot afford them. Uh, as well, we're also brought to you by... If there's one thing we know golfers want from a driver. It's distance. But there's actually two things. Distance and forgiveness. That's why TaylorMade designed the all-new Stealth 2 with even more carbon for even more forgiveness. Wait, did you say forgiveness like far or forgiveness like... Forgiveness. 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 I'm hearing far. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Exactly. Rory gets it. The all-new TaylorMade Stealth 2. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. And, of course, uh, all kinds of stuff at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Stealth 2, fairway stuff. The fairway uh, line is amazing. The Stealth Irons. I told you about my buddy who's been using Stealth Irons because his club. By the way, his club's still locked in his trunk. Oh my gosh! How long is that? It's been three weeks. And what? What? What is he? Because a secret key from Germany? Yes, or yes. He's got a. The guy's cool. My buddy Tom. He's got a six series BMW. And for some reason, the Germans, right? The Germans. They can do a lot of things, but they can't get the clubs out of the car. That is crazy. It is crazy. 
Uh, anyway, I was talking. He, he, ah. I was talking to him on Monday. He's on my Ryder Cup team, and he was telling me about how far he's hitting his stealth irons. Like he's a very good player, low, low handicap, close to scratch, and he's hitting this. He's hitting it. These are game improvement. Clumps. Yeah, this is the cool part. Yeah, he's hitting his eight iron like one ninety. <laughs> it's just, it's just well, this, absurd. This is what happens. I mean, so there's there's kind of like almost this snooty factor that happens for golfers. Oh, I like the the yeah, thin I'm, top I'm line. And the, oh, they're forged. Yeah, all that nonsense. And it, it's kind of like everyone needed uh, permission. Or at least to see tour players using hybrids before they put you know, mm-hmm. those girly mm-hmm. clubs in the bag. Mm-hmm. Funny how it works out. TaylorMadeGolf.ca, and um, I'm listen. I'm 63, and I am not going to be afraid to move up to the white tees or to get my stealth irons. I don't care. And uh, finally, we'd like to uh, thank StretchLab.com in Toronto. Improve sports performance, increase range of motion and flexibility. Reduce muscle and joint pain. If that sounds like something you'd be into, uh, check out stretchlab.com. There's no uh, one reason why you'd go in there, but no matter what brings you into Stretch Lab, the benefits of a professionally assisted stretching routine are tremendous. I thought I'd throw a little sublime into the show just trying to... Yeah, give things a hipper flavor. Exactly, some real kind of produced summer music. This is a uh, band that we used to play a lot, Freddie and I, on uh, the Edge back in uh, the day. Uh, This is their version of. It's actually called uh, "Doing Time," not "Summertime." But uh, I thought it would be a good bit of transition music to give you the indication that we're about we're on the first hole, my friend. Take it away. All right, so I got a question for you. Hold on. You have a what? I have a question for you. All right. Have you ever been hit by a golf ball? I have. Where? Where in my body? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to know the exact location and hole and. Well, no, because that, that is a, that's a question. Like, where was it? What? What uh, was it yeah. on a golf course? That you're. I you know. I. Uh, I got hit on the uh, calf. Okay. Sustained damage and that kind of you stuff. left a mark for sure. It did. Yeah. Well, I got a mark yesterday. Let me see. Oh, yeah. You got it. It's that is a purpley golf ball shaped bruise exactly. on your left forearm. Psychedelic man. Tell me the story, sir. Well, I'm playing yesterday at uh, Terendawa, mm-hmm. great link style course yep. uh, on on just past Woodstock, and I'm playing in in. Uh, the uh, golf journalists of uh, Canada. It's kind of like just a, an outing just to have some fun and get out and play. And I'm playing with this fella who I will not name uh, because it wasn't his fault. Okay. It was not his fault. Um, But it was one of those holes where he was kind of down below the uh, kind of green. He was like about two twenty away. So, you know, I gave him like the line. I went, yeah, just go above me like this. And I, so oh, wait, wait a second. Left. So you were spotting for him? Well, no, I just went, you just, you know, I just kind of stood there and waved my arms and just kind of go above me, you know? Right. And I go, okay. So then I moved, <laughs> uh, he's a left hander. So I moved to the right side of the fairway and then he pulled the living shit out of this five wood. Wow. It was a line drive. <gasps> 
about 70 yards and it just caught me right in the forearm. And in all honesty, I sort of started to stagger around. I guess like, so, it, dude. Yeah. And um, it was kind of like, oh, what just happened? It, it, how much damage have I sustained here? And and then it's just sort of finally – and then it was like, whoa, look at that thing. I mean, this big goose egg and all the guys came over and the, the guy who hit me was just – apoplectic he mm. was like oh my god i'm so sorry and, and you know and anyways we just so i'll tell you i'm, I'm not kidding i i went hmm am i hurt bad enough that I have, we have to quit yeah I, well can i just say something yes that's when i roll this story back i just have a couple of investigative questions okay so <laughs> You gave him the line. Questions. You put your arms up in the air and said, hit it over here. Then you went about, went over to the other side of the fairway. When 20 I, when, yards away right. from the original line. Okay. So you were not really in his line, but you well, were. Apparently I apparently, was. But you were ahead of him. <laughs> yes. Right. Which we all do. Yep. Um, but when you said, and I quote, it wasn't his fault. Let me finish. So you think that the, the golf ball <laughs> somehow magically... Decided to uh, target you? Uh, negatory. Because, uh, by the way, the question, definition sir. of his fault is him hitting you with his golf ball. Yeah, but it was my fault where I stood. I'm, I'm okay. taking the, the responsibility right. for it. it uh, was partly my, your fault, like, I guess. No, I'm taking full responsibility for it. I mean, yeah, he hit the ball, sure, and he pulled the living shit out of it. But, I mean, we all hit stupid crazy shots and um it was just anyways it was a hell of a reminder uh to be that i i think i've been and i, I see lots of players who play kind of fast and loose with the safety part of i know I, I was gonna say we all do it when when yeah. and i don't i here's what i would say first of all are you okay i'm fine i'm fine did yes. you continue playing uh no no we uh the the guy i was playing with he was so shook up uh, that well, that, what hole you know, were you on? We had to go in sixteen. Wait, so you couldn't move your arm and and continue playing? It was bulbous. Oh, okay, so it really did hurt. Okay, turns of the goose egg. Got it. Got it, it. It was big and it looked awful. And because um, let me see it again, it doesn't look as bad today. That was yesterday. Oh no, no, I put so we immediately went. Uh, we we went to the clubhouse. And I just sat there with ice on it for about an hour. Did you drink a bunch minutes. of beers to take away the pain? Did he buy you a beer? That would be no, my the question. Beer was supplied. <laughs> Did you say to him, "Listen, you don't have to buy me a beer because they're free, but give me like eleven <laughs> fifty." No. See, I'm so different than you. I would have just said to the guy, "Okay, okay, it's not your fault, but." I am always, injured, yeah, but, and I may not the, play for the rest of the summer. So let's work out a some kind of payment plan. Well, one of the funny things was we were playing with. I was playing with my partner in this event was uh, Mike Cochran, uh, who's a lawyer, and, mm. and it's also written. He wrote um, the biography of George S. Lyon, the right, uh, right, Canadian, yeah. won the, the gold medal Olympics way back when, and um, so we were partners and. Uh, so, of course, we got into all these stories. And I told the guy who hit me, I said, 
look, you know, you don't have to worry because we start to get into these stories about, of course, litigation. Yes, exactly. And, and you know, people who've uh, who really suffered, you know, little if any damage, but just sued the bejesus out mm. of their club and just extracted money. He calls it. Uh, so he's a lawyer. He called it recovery money. Yeah, absolutely. So, OK, didn't buy you a beer. Did he and didn't give you um, some money? Did he buy a bag of chips? Uh, no. Okay. I don't eat chips because I'm an athlete. I know, you know that. So, um, but here's what we all do, and I would say I do this pretty regularly with better players that I play with. You know, okay, you're you're um, 15 yards behind me, and you're in the left side of the fairway. I'm over, or even if I'm, it doesn't matter. But if you're a little bit behind me, if I was playing with you or people like you. I would go over to the right side of the fairway where my ball is, even yeah. if I was 10 yards ahead of you or 15 yards ahead of you, and think nothing of standing over there way out of your eye line. Because I have the, well, you, you said it a minute ago, we're all a bit, we get a bit loose with safety. But that doesn't mean you couldn't, you know, shank one in my direction. You know, it's oh, been known right. to happen. Or, you know, in this case, the guy, you know, just pulled it so badly the thing about where it hits you, because if that hits you in your chest, oh. hits you in your head, oh, you know, yeah. I'm doing the show with some other guy today. I mean, no, I might wait a day and replace you, you know, maybe a couple of days. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I'd have to find somebody else. I'm, I'm you know, I'm missing guy. I can't even think of who, Tim. It's, you know, if what is it's Zoom, too painful. With, yeah. If you're doing it on Zoom, you're going to want to do it with a guy with two eyes. Oh boy. You'd be like um, one-eyed Joe. Yeah, exactly. But no, but that do, was the point the is thing. we all do it, Tim. We all that do it. That was part of the thing I realized later. Went, oh my gosh! And so I, you know, of course I posted some pictures on Facebook, etc. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, it could have been a lot worse. Like I thought, I dodged a bullet, but I didn't dodge the golf ball. Like there was no chance. Like this guy you know, to yell four would have been nothing. You know, it would have been it would. But you know. Just wow, I could see it coming. But anyways, what was kind of interesting, just kind of to bring this to a, somewhat of a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we sat and then the rest of the guys finished. We were we were in the second group. So we, you know, everyone come in. And of course, all the stories and guys talk about when they were hit or almost hit and stuff like this. And, and uh, anyways, and so finally, you know, time to go. So... <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just interesting to tell you. So I, I go, okay, I need I need a coffee. So I get on the 401, stop at the very first en route, mm. just around Woodstock or something. I, I get a coffee. And, and, and it's like, you know, it says, I deserve a cookie for this. No, I deserve two cookies, two chocolate chunk cookies for this. <laughs> so I drive home. And I, I tell you, so I drive home and, you know, I'm okay. I'm listening to tunes and stuff. Dude, I get in the door, and as soon as I see Sandy, I immediately just start to feel like, oh, my gosh, I've been through an experience today. And, and I just needed a big hug and all that. And I was just like, oh, my God, something happened to me today. And it speaks to, I think, the a little bit of the shock and the thinking of like what could have been as like we were kind of joking around a bit. So I was really fortunate to catch it where I did. Mm. I mean, I could have broken ribs. 
could have you know hit me in the head. Who yeah, knows? Yeah. So, um, again, yeah, I want to back up a little bit because you yeah. know you just. Uh, contradicted yourself when I asked you if the guy bought you chips you said you were an athlete but then you stopped at Tim's and got two chocolate chip cookies that's number one what's that Starbucks. <laughs> oh, oh, even even more expensive. Well, they're look bigger. at you. They're I know more I know. chunks. And, and then you got home and you got a hug from Sandy. But uh, you know, a lot of guys have been like, "Hey, I've had a I've had an experience. I'm going to need some. I'm going to need something." Anyway, that's for a different podcast. Uh, anyway, you're okay. You're fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad I'm you're fine. well. I was just going through my Rolodex. That's right. I said Rolodex. I don't have a Rolodex, but I like saying it. Yeah. Um, of who I would replace you with. And it's, it's not easy. It's not easy, it my take, friend. It didn't take you long to start thinking about that. Well, I, what if you're not here? I got to keep doing it. Where else? I got to get the... How else am I going to get clubs and shirts? Yeah, exactly. Um, listen, speak... Can I, can, well, first of all, secondly and finally, I'm glad you're well. Yeah. You know what? I just want to tell one quick story out of uh, out of yesterday's... That I think you'll find interesting, and so will our listeners. Um, so we tee off, and we're playing with this one fella, and it becomes apparent right on the first hole that there's quite the disparity between his skill level and most of us. And he's, he, quite frankly, he's a he's he's a novice golfer, and you know he kind of like takes the two practice swings, and then maybe hits it twenty feet, or he hits it, you know. 40 yards, mm. but so by the third hole, we're holding up two groups and it's, you know, it's kind of painful. And I just went, so after this hole, I just said, um, you know, we'll just call him buddy. I said, buddy, hey, buddy. Um, this, uh, this is a very difficult golf course and uh, y- y- you might want to think I'm a dick or not, but um, here's a good rule of thumb when you're playing a really tough golf course. Um, if you don't get to the green in par, pick up and just throw it on the green. And he went, and, and I, I said, because this is a hard golf course, and but we got to keep moving. And this guy was in your group? Yeah. And um, and he says, he says, he says, yeah, thank you. He said, he said, yeah, I know where I'm at as a golfer. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, that's a great idea. Thank you. And we ended up having a great day, yeah. but we, t- we were talking about it later. And, and, and so, I, you know, I just felt, look, I had to say something to, so we could keep moving. But so, it, you know, it could be viewed as a, an over-the-top move, but I should think I did the guy a favor because it's – when you're talking yeah, about I mean, novice golfers and, you're talking, I mean, they have this – feeling that they have to keep going and his and and when you remove that pressure it just makes the game easier and yeah. more fun well, i was gonna say you anyways know, listen cookie monster um <laughs> you're a very sweet guy and i don't think telling him you know to get to double par or whatever is over the top but i do not i think i understand now what happened was is that guy that that guy that well, he was trying to he was trying to hit that guy he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't trying to he was trying to take that guy out um, to try and speed things along. Because if I'd played 16 holes with a guy that was making 15 on every hole. Yeah, anyway, um, can we move on now? We can. I okay. just thought. So I, there's uh, my, uh, there's my, my stories. Um, yeah, very good. It's funny because the guy I played with in Mexico was like that. Two practice swings, hit it 40 yards, two more practice swings. 
And five hours and 20 minutes later, I wasn't sure I was ever going to see my family again. <laughs> um, I'd like to start with this correspondence. Uh, I don't know how to say this. So when um, we had Ledbetter on the show last week, and you had mentioned that he wanted to talk to you while he was, uh, you were trying to figure out the straightaway, uh, I thought, well... Is that open? Is that open a crack for the how man oh, to slither in? I, uh, so uh, I just thought, you know what? This show the herb you chose, slither. Let me slither ah. into this uh, crack that seems to have been opened by the great David Ledbetter. By the way, just put a pin in that for a second. I don't know about you, but I have had more response from people I know and people I don't know about this little device. Cool. The straightaway, it's called. Guys in my uh, in my Ryder Cup team say like, "Hey, uh, you know, how do I get one?" For some reason, we've talked a lot about different. Well, not a lot of swing aids, but a lot of swing things. Mm-hmm. But this one seems to have uh, struck a chord. Anyway, that's cool. So I uh, tried it out. I spent quite a bit on uh, quite a bit of time with it uh, last uh, week, and in one of my range sessions, I taped my swing using it. Mm. And I thought, okay, so here's where the slithering, here's where the slithering comes in. <clears throat> so I say, I thought, you know what is this? Because you know, you tell me. We both have been in the same business around golf for a long time, and I don't know. I just took a shot. I mean, all you, all people can do is say no. Yep. So I thought I'm going to send a couple of my swings. To David Ledbetter, I can't even. I can. I can only imagine what a, a Ledbetter assessment. If you could get one, it's got to be thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. But I thought, oh, what the hell? So I said, hey, I, I just sent him a nice note saying, hey, thanks for a great appearance. Uh, we got a lot of great feedback about the device. I said today I worked with it, and I told him how I how it how I felt using it, and I said I've included a couple of swings showing me using the straightaway. I, and I said this to him because I was a bit, you know, I don't know if this was appropriate or not. I said, I apologize if sending them to you is overstepping, but I just wanted you to see what I was doing. Take care. And thanks again. So there you go. Okay. Sound like slithering to me. Well, it got worse. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So initially pretty, pretty good, right? Yeah. Not slithering, but, but. Approaching slithering uh, motion, uh, slithering uh, whatever. So uh, I get this long note back from him. So great to hear, Howard. The video, this is, now I will say this, this is the one sentence, because I told him that I've had a little bit issue, a bit of an issue, taking the club too far back on the inside initially, like a lot of people. And this is the one-sentence assessment from David Ledbetter. The videos would not suggest at all that you had an inside path, period. And then the rest of it is all about what he's found with other people um, using the straightaway. And then he suggests a drill for me. And then he asked me at the end of his long note, which is very sweet of him. He says, may we use your letter as a testimonial? Uh, Howard would love to hear, love to hear the progress. Best wishes, David. <laughs> so, so most people would just leave it there. <laughs> no, you're not most people. But here comes the slitherer. <laughs> so, um, 
I write back, <laughs> David. Now I'm just calling him David. David, appreciate the feedback and the drill suggestions and peas. Uh, please feel free to use uh, anything I say any way you want. I did definitely did not, I say in bold letters, have an, any inside path issues with your device. And I told him what it gave me. And by the way, I would say, uh, again, just pausing for a second, not that we're endorsing it, and we are going to get some to give away. I will say for a lot of us amateurs, it really does set your swing on the right path. You, you found that already? I've found Absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah. And I noticed when I didn't have it on, I could still feel that path, or I'd look to see that I was on it. And again, it sets up the sequence of your swing. I, I tell him that. I said, uh, we've had several listeners reach out and ask to be considered when we start giving the uh, essays away. That's what I call them in short. So uh, your appearance definitely made an impact. So here's what I said to him. Finally, <laughs> finally, now that we're friends, <laughs> finally, now that we're friends, any other thoughts about the swings I sent? Question mark. Best always, Howard. That was three days ago and zero response. Uh, nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's when you've reached your point of David yeah, Ledbetter you. saying, no. I will not give you a free swing assessment because I'm David Ledbetter and that costs money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's good to know where one stands. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I know I'm making it seem worse than it was, but I I, I really did. And I was going to even text you and say, what do you think? You know, both of us have been around. (laughs) Now, we both have been around. A lot of famous golfers, you know, you and your job and me and my some of my hosting duties, you know, like I've said right to his face. I asked Nick Price. I was driving him back to his car and I said, listen, I know I've only got a minute of your time, but here's who I am. Here's what I want to do. Here's the question I have. You know, what the hell? You can always just tell me to go screw myself. Right. So I just thought, is it OK if I ask David Ledbetter to look at my golf swing? Yeah, I think so. The difference is that Nick Price, um, I think, universally regarded as the nicest man in golf. Yeah, yeah. Um, and David Ledbetter as one of the smartest, savviest entrepreneurial golfers. Yes, yes, I know. Ever. I mean, um, you know, I was talking with uh, someone about David Ledbetter, and I said, "Yeah, I mean, he's he's doing what really smart." business people do and and that he's he's setting up a relationship with us because it it allows him to get his message out and there's nothing i mean it's it just makes so much sense and so um yeah you're slithering but he's not he's just <laughs> he was slithering a little bit to get us uh to talk about his device you know we'll sell some yeah it's just, it's just what you do exactly it's just what you do you have to you get, sounded you like know. Ringo there for a second it's just what you do <laughs> it's just what you do <laughs> Paul um yeah so I, I listen I, I didn't think it was that big a deal and I thought you know what no, what if, you know good for you and he might come back and uh um well, we'll invite him back. Sorry, we'll invite him back and say, we'll "Listen, invite him back." We go, uh, "David, um, while we've got, you while we here, have you here, what did you think of uh, our story? Look at this video here. What, <laughs> you know, just purely to help our listeners get a better sense 
of what this device can provide them. Nothing to do with me whatsoever. No, exactly. exactly. Let's this just use me just as a service. <laughs> let's service use to our let's use listeners. our swings as a guinea pig. Let's say, David. Let's say you were going to do an, a swing assessment. Uh, let's just I'm take us through. Know, just, just, just to sacrifice myself <laughs> exactly. you know, out there for uh, you know on the altar of our listeners. So I have but, a segue uh, yeah. piece of music I've picked out for this segue. Perfect. And I want you to uh, just listen along for a moment. This is uh, the band known as R.E.M., another Edge staple back in the day. Love them. Love them. The name of this song, in in case you don't know, is called Everybody Hurts. Yes. Everyone, just take a moment. Have a little breathe. You're listening to Swing Thoughts. I said that one of the things that resonated uh, the last couple of weeks was us talking about this uh, golf swing device. But I would be wrong. Uh, The thing that seems to have resonated the most, I don't know about you, but for me, the feedback I've gotten is uh, people commiserating, not, not completely, with me, but about the state of my golf game. But also, it seems pretty universal uh, that by opening up about how uh, I've been struggling, because I have been, um, I'll report back on where I am in a second. But first, uh, I've really been quite touched, and I mean that, by some of the people that have uh, reached out to me, and all I will just read what they've written anonymously, but but it seems to be uh, quite universal amongst golfers and that uh, other than you and your recent giddy great play um, but you can relate to this you know it, it almost seems like a lot of people that know me know us know our show are having similar struggles to me and um, I'm going to let you have the floor here for a, a second in a second but I, I will tell you that I, I have a theory as to why that's happening with these individuals that have reached out to me, because I've I've gotten a better handle on why it's happening to me. Mm. Your thoughts uh, so far, Mister O'Connor? Uh, are you asking my thoughts on why people are responding in an empathetic way with you? Is that well? There's asking? that, and 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 why are opening up about not just me, but you at times? Uh, why yep. it seems to give people license or to go? Oh yeah, you know, I feel that way too. I think it's 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 like oh somebody else too. <laughs> I mean, other people go through this shite as well as I do. I think that's what it is. It gives people uh, permission uh, to talk about it, but also they realize I'm not the weird one. I'm not the only person who goes through golf hell, and that opens the door. To be to to going like oh I'm not completely effed up and um, maybe I could talk to somebody about this and um, that is so it's it's uh, it's kind of whimsical and silly in some ways but it also speaks to um, usually males the the reticence about you know talk about what really goes on and when you provide that that opening and say hey me too i mean 
that allows someone to go like, oh, really? I have permission to talk about this? Mm-hmm. I won't feel like a dweeb or I'm or judge that I'm weak and that this could actually help me? Wow, that's like a door to 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 healing and getting better at these things and dealing with them getting them getting them outside of our heads sure i mean um, i mean that that yeah. cliche misery loves company uh is true well it, it it the company it loves is the sharing of knowing that you're not the only one who's miserable that's why that cliche exists yeah, there you go. Yeah, I just didn't need to. I don't know if I needed to explain it to you, but I. Uh, <laughs> she didn't need to. <laughs> no, I, no, but you know because you made a face when I. The reason that my point is, I'm just joking. <laughs> just, just relax. Okay. The reason yes, misery. And. Yes, and the reason misery loves company is because it gives misery the the comfort that it's not the only one that's miserable. That's what I was yeah. trying to say. Okay. Here's a, a quote from somebody who texted me just this morning. I turned on your latest podcast and I just couldn't believe you're kind of going through the same crap. I've actually been thinking of quitting golf. Mm. This is somebody that uh, I know. Um, I've had several listeners uh, say similar things. Here's uh, another one. Um, here, hi, uh, I, I reached out and, you know, gave some, you know, whatever help I could and this person says thanks I'm doing okay playing this afternoon trying to raise my awareness of what's going on out there working with gratitude expectations getting some things going outside of golf and and on and on it goes now when I said I have a theory as to why this is happening because a bunch of the people including those two people that I just quoted are both very good golfers Mm. Uh, they're both low handicaps the thing about being and, and this if I I know I get um, my teeth into something, and obviously I'm I'm now a uh, a Raymond Pryor uh, expert. Not only do I have I read the book, not only have I read his book, but I've probably listened to half a dozen podcasts, including Carl's, where Raymond has spoken yeah. about. Because to me, it's just listening to him reiterate the things that I'm reading about, and the one session I had with him. And, and this is where my theory about other people sharing this malaise comes from, is when you spend a lot of time, like these people that I'm referring to and others that have reached out to me, when you spend a lot of time, you know, involved in this game and you get better at it, what happens is your level of expectations, even if you don't think it's rising, does rise. Totally. And, and this idea of coupling... Self to your craft, whether that craft is, you know, acting or that craft is being a a leader in business or a golfer. When you couple your self-worth to your craft, which is what we all seem to do. and, and, And that's where golf hell comes from. And again, for better players, because not just for better players, but anyone that's got some skin in the game. You know, my brother's a 14 handicap and and golf can be, can kick the shit out of him from time to time as it does to all of us. And I guess my theory is that, you know, having read and listened to Raymond, that that's where it comes from. Trying to pretend that it doesn't exist is, is our brain doesn't believe it. Um, there's a great quote in the book that he talks about. He says, and this is what happens to a lot of people. You, 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 got, you, you, you think your self-worth relies on how well you play golf. This is my problem. Mm-hmm. And in actual fact, uh, you've got to find other ways. You know, there's the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. And, and if you don't 
figure this out, it leads to burnout. And this is the quote, I've learned to hate the thing that I love because it's become the vessel for my own misery. Exactly. Yep. It's the vessel for your own misery. How ridiculous is that? But it's but it's not it's undeniable that golf becomes a vessel for our misery because it never lives up to these unrealistic expectations we have of them. Absolutely. I mean, where I go with that is um, I've read countless times about, say, um, a recording artist, somebody, a singer-songwriter who's had a couple of great albums and well-received, sold well, and then the third album they just struggle with. And they they can't write. They go into a depression. They go into therapy, you know, whatever. And, and it's because the thing that they love, it feels like they can't do it anymore. And exactly. often, as you say, it's that, it's that burden of, of expectations. And it's kind of like we talked about before about, you know, Rory came out of the gate, rinse four majors, Jordan Spieth, three majors. And now he's got all these people and expectations and fans. And this is, and it's just so hard. You could, you know, this, this is where I took umbrage with what, we we're talking about Dick Sokol. It's almost like, okay, I will choose not to have expectations and because that'll set me on a path of misery. Well, it's just not that easy. It's this morass of feelings and experiences. And we draw all this stuff from our pasts and, and it's just difficult to, to find your way to saying, okay, I can just do my best and not be attached. That, that takes a Herculean effort. Well, well I think um, what Dick was saying, though, just to jump back in quickly, is uh, and, and what 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 Richard Zokel is saying is is true, but you have to understand, as Pryor says, you have to understand your psychology first. Yes, yeah. it's better to assess a shot and execute a shot in the present tense, in the time you're in. Absolutely, but if you don't understand why shots and situations trigger you. Because we're all triggered, not to be too uh, millennial, but in, in, in Raymond's world, in the world of psychology, it's triggered behavior, consequence, de, uh, you know, decoding your behavior. So if you don't understand why the qualifier I played in three weeks ago, I smother hooked every drive I hit. Every single drive for 18 holes, except a couple, I smother hooked off the tee. Because somewhere in my old brain... yeah. I'm so worried about image and performance and how am I going to do that? You know, it's what uh, he was talking about, the yips with Carl. When people yip a shot, what they're trying to do is it's their brain getting their brain sensing a threat and getting it over with as quickly as possible. That's why we stub chips. That's why we um, stab at putts. That's why we swing too fast because there's a so Richard's right. But first, you have to appreciate the psychology behind why you're acting that way. You know, when I used to get mad and throw clubs and get angry, what I was fearing was not living up to some bullshit self-image of if I play good, I'm good. But if I play bad, I have to get mad, not only to show everyone that I'm way better than this because that's my image, but also to make myself feel bad for a while because your brain sees that, and it's a strange thing to say, sees it as a reward, almost that you're doing something to make up for the fact that you've had a deficiency 
in an area, whatever that area is. Holy man, you've hit on so many interesting things. See, when we had Judson Brewer on uh, years ago on our podcast, we didn't talk about it expressly, but I related hugely to, he calls it the habit loop. We get triggered by something, so we go to a behavior and get get the result. And we just keep cycling through these behaviors. And it's getting to understand your triggers and the behaviors. Mm-hmm. When you start to understand that, then you can get an understanding of, Oh, I'm caught in it. I'm, I'm, I'm back in my morass of, of identifying myself with what I'm doing and my own sense of competency. How will I be perceived by others? And yeah, that's all seen as, as threat. And, and I remember when Rory won the players, I can't remember that was five, six years ago. And he said, they asked him about what was make you know, how come he'd made, you know, this latest comeback, if you will. He says, well, he's been starting to think about, you know, you know, when I shoot 60, uh, he said, I used to think when I shot 65, I'm a good person. When I shoot 75, I'm a bad person, mm-hmm. but I'm okay no matter what. And I think what we're talking about here is that we get an understanding of, of just how that, that's so toxic to think like that, but you have to have an understanding, you have an awareness of, of what happens for you to get to understand yourself better. Because, yeah, and because and it's funny because Judson Brewer figures very greatly in Raymond's book. He quotes yep. Judson a lot in one particular section and he calls it a trap loop. We get trapped in this loop yep. of thinking. Mm-hmm. So where I'm at now, um, because he's got me doing this is the first time I've ever done this. And yeah, I know if you listen to the show, I throw myself into things because, well, why not? So I've tried to, there's, well, I think I mentioned this last week, there's a frame way of think, framing things and there's a V. Basically, one gives you constriction, the other gives you space. Mm. And I can tell you, you know, um, it's not a coincidence that I am starting to feel better on the golf course. And because I'm not putting so much onus on what I shoot and, and how I'm swinging and how I look, and I've got a couple little things he's given me. You know, one is to just recognize, you know, this is just a round of golf. Yep. It doesn't, it, it's not a self-indictment of you as a golfer, as a person. If you make a mistake, there's going to be, you know, maybe you could learn a couple things, a couple of takeaways, a couple of things to work on, but to not make too much out of it, right away it gives your brain a feeling of, and I, I'm going to read to you in a second when I wrote them. It, it's given me a feeling that, let me just pause for a second. See, one of the things we worry about is making mistakes. Like, what, what's going to happen if I make a mistake? And I've been so worried subconsciously about making mistakes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that it leads to tension, short swings. You know, I've made some golf swings. When we played at Saugeen, like, I'm, I'm a really good driver of the golf ball. Consistently, I hit it. I have been hitting it great. And how, how do I know that? Because when I, when I was going through this for the last couple of months, I've really been struggling off the tee. The last week or so, I've started to see my driver come back because I'm less afraid of what might happen if it goes awry. I got to tell you, I played yesterday. It's the best I've driven it this year. And nice. it was so weird. I, it was so weird. It was like, oh, 
there's a more familiar feeling because the tension and anxiety feeling feels very restrictive. And I've been hitting it so poorly that the few days now in a row that I've started to pick it up again, I'm like, oh, now I get it. And so what happened is I gave my brain permission to hit it shitty, ironically enough. Does this somehow reflect back on the piece that we've referred to from time to time is awareness is curative? Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, but, you know, and again, not to defend Dick, he doesn't need my defense, but Richard Zokel's right. You know, l- learning to decouple shot by shot by shot is great, but I think I needed to figure out what is causing me so much tension. And by mm-hmm. me, I mean everyone, there's a lot of guys listening and feel the same way. Those two emails I or texts I just read, you know, there's, there, there's long, I, I've been just like you, I'm lucky enough for people to share things with me. Long, heartfelt emails I've received from people that are struggling. And uh, I, I hope by saying this that, you know, so basically what I've given myself, and it's strange, I've given myself permission to, to just hit it terribly. And ironically, I've started to hit it better. I played well in a tournament on uh, Monday. First time I've sort of had access to some of my skill in a tournament situation. You know, yesterday I had my lowest round in, you know, a very long time. Again, this isn't like, oh, it's magically different. Yeah. Because in yesterday's round, I also pull hooked a couple of tee shots. But for the most part, they were the best drives I've hit. Like, just so different. So I wrote him a note. I said, um, basically, I just want to say, this is the part I wanted to share. I said, I just want to say I've been feeling lighter about golf in general and on the course in particular. I seem to have gotten some resilience back in so much, this is the line, I'm not so triggered by mishits or bad shots. And I'm, I have this sense now that I'm seeing the course as something less threatening. Well, that. that's, that's the part I wanted to share, that somewhere in my subconscious, I've always, especially in qualifiers, in big tournaments I want to play well in, and the last month, in just everyday rounds, I have seen the course as something as a threat to me. Yep. Absolutely. And that is the end of my Raymond Pryor um, book report. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Cool stuff, pal. I just, uh, that's what I enjoy about our friendship and doing this podcast is that you know we can talk about the things that really that happen to us that are real and and um and it a lot of it resonates with a lot of people who have the same similar issues if you will and so uh talking about it is really it's really healthy i think it's really good um the um i i i have to take this opportunity to to interject my little uh Senior Club C story from the week. No, please uh, interject on the microphone. Thank you. I will. Thank you. Was this this uh, past weekend? Yes. Go. Yes. Tell me something. Yes. I'm listening. <laughs> so, yeah, we had our Senior Club Championship this past weekend. And um, so I was the uh, the lowest index of anyone in the uh, – in the in the gray crowd, whether it be for even the uh, the, the kids uh, fifty and older, and the um, and the, the super geezers like me uh, sixty and older, um, so I 
I will admit that I felt a degree of uh, self-imposed pressure. I had a couple guys say, "Hey, O'Connor, um, good luck. You know, you, you know, you would be, you know, kind of the man, if you will." And um, so, I went out on Saturday, teed off at three o'clock, and uh, it soon became apparent to me that I was woefully ill-prepared. Um, the the rain started to come. I did not have a jacket. I did not have an umbrella. And um, these Oscar Bravo shirts are great. But when it's raining and windy, um, not good. And so I, I couldn't believe at all that I hadn't checked the weather forecast. And I, I called the golf shop. And, I, and, and so Drew, Drew Taylor goes, O'Connor, really? (laughs) He was almost like upset with me. And I said, can you find something for me? So they found in in the lost and found some big sort of half zip thing with the half sleeves XL. Nice. And and an umbrella with, you know, one of the spokes is missing. And uh, and then so (laughs) you look like a hobo. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I got to the first tee with these guys. Is this slimming? (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. So I managed to shoot forty on the front. I'm keeping pace. I'm with the two other, you know, kind of guys who would be uh, contending for the senior club seat. Um, and then it just all I started to just I can't hit a fairway, bogey after bogey after bogey. And then it occurs to me uh, midway through the back nine that I have not eaten a effing mm. thing since noon. Wow. Seven o'clock. And, you know, I'm cold. I'm wet. Let me guess. You Uber Eats to Subway? (laughs) (laughs) No, I just realized I had, you know, almonds and walnuts in my golf bag that I had not. And so here's what I'm getting. So, so man, I, so I walk into the, so we're in the last group. We walk in and there's about 10 guys and I cannot fake it. Like, I'm just like, you know, crestfallen. I'm disappointed and I'm fucking angry. And the guy, because one of the guys just looked at me, hey, Timmy, oh, never mind. Really? <laughs> he just knew just by looking at me. And I just couldn't, uh, I was in a state. Yeah. Uh, and and, and uh, so finally it was just Frank and I uh, sitting there, The guy, one of the guys playing, how are you? And I said, I said, I'm angry and I'm disappointed. And I went home and I, uh, I talked with Sandy for about two minutes and I just kind of made it clear to her I was not a good person to hang around with, and and I tried to journal about it, and and I wrote I, I got my journal out. I go eighty fucking five, eighty fucking five, <laughs> <laughs> and I went stop being such a little boy. Fuck exclamation mark exclamation mark. I was like Roy on Ted Lasso. Wow. And, um, so and I couldn't sleep well that night, and and so I was just going, "What?" A, and and it finally occurred to me the next day, Tim, you just like, you just weren't prepared. You didn't have a strategy on on dealing with the weather. You you know you didn't even have. You know I've talked to you about this. I, about, um, yes, you, you know, have. By the way, just yes. pause. Just pause for a second before we get to round two. First, well, first of all, <laughs> there, there's a thing that. Uh, you know, when we are beating ourselves up, self-flagellation, whatever you want to call it, 
Sometimes we can't see something called mitigating circumstances. Mm. While it's happening, I mean, you had a sense that I've got no rain jacket. I have an umbrella. I don't have rain gloves. I've got no food. Like, so 85 was a pretty good score considering how ill-prepared you were. So in the, in the, mm. in the way of like decoding it, I know, listen, I, at the end of my second round of the club championship, I was just, I stuck around, shook hands and I was gone and I came home here. Both of my kids were in the house. I wanted to talk to none of them. They, I, I just had this cloud over me. Um, I ate too much Korean barbecue. It was so good. I needed to, you know, Korean barbecue, my feelings. But in this particular case, being your therapist now, there's so many things that added up to why you shot that number that have nothing to do with what a good player you are, that you were the man, um, all that stuff. I mean, it would be a surprise. It would be a bigger surprise if you'd shot a good score. Yeah. Well, what I realized the next the next morning. I went, that had nothing to do with my golf skill. I was just, you know, I was exhausted. I was wet. Yeah. I was, I was upset with myself. It was, and, and then realizing that, you know, I just wasn't, I wasn't fueled. I didn't have yeah. food. And like, no wonder it was so bad. Um, but the thing that just came back to me was just like, dude, good learning experience. And, you know, another AFGO, right? Um, that, to play in tournaments, you have to take care of business. And what I didn't take care of was doing things like, okay, I'm going to make sure that I have a sip of water every tea. I'm going to have my uh, first thing of some nuts on the you know, the fourth tea, I'm going to have yeah. my apple. I'm going to eat my banana on the. But 15th, I'm a little surprised. You know? I, mean, I know you yeah. haven't played as much tournament golf as me, but you've been around a golf team. Yes, like I would have yes, thought yes. at the very least you would have checked the forecast. All right, quickly, what'd you shoot on Sunday? Uh, 83 with a quad. And where'd you finish? <laughs> oh, I think I finished fifth or sixth. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't, but, but you know, it was just like, but I, I, I cannot, not a word of a lie. I was really hoping that, uh, so I already have two pieces of glassware on my little shelf here, mm-hmm. and I would have a third. Aww. And, and um, so you want to talk about expectations and all of that. Um, but, you know, I finished the week. So anyways, I, you know, come down to it uh, after, and one of the guys, Mark Schmidt, was, I think Mark shot, I think he shot 80 two in the first round and uh you know mark's a nice player uh but i've never seen him do this he shot 73 on sunday Good zipped him, up man. that leaderboard and i think he was 33 in the back i mean that's full marks to, yeah. to to him he just he just he's has a he just rips that i love it it's kind of cool when uh, somebody has like a personal best in a tournament situation absolutely i mean everyone felt so good for him but Here's the thing that I come down to. We, it, we we're all sitting. There's like most, you know, some guys left, but kind of like the core guys at the club mm-hmm. in this in the senior group. There was like, you know, fifteen, sixteen of us all around on the patio, and just having a great, great time. And um, I drove home from there, big smile on my face, and felt so so grateful uh, that you know I do play with a, a great group of guys. And that, you know, I was able to sort of see, you know, the humor, but also the learning in it. 
You know? Well, that was very well said, and I'm happy that, you know, Angry Tim was replaced by Happy Tim. Um, and, you know, the, the, the moral of that story is it doesn't matter how much you know, you're still susceptible to all the, the vagaries that the rest of us can go through. And, uh, Absolutely. You know, and that, and that was also part of my little, no, it's, it's still, like, I, I don't think I'm out of it yet, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of work to do in terms of continuing to learn about this, but I definitely feel, you know, lighter around it. Like, I don't feel like I'm going to quit because I will tell you, there have been many times in the last two and a half months where I thought, you know, the, the thing I, I love has become the vessel of my misery and I should just, yep. you know, and, and he talks a lot about what happens to people like me and you, but I'm a little bit more neurotic than you are for sure. That you just get burned out because if yep. every time you go to practice or play or, you know, I, you know, I play a lot of events. Last week I had four different tournaments. So I have a lot of events. And so there's all there, all there is is vessels for more misery and it takes a while to work yourself out of it. I feel like I've been coming out of it now for a couple of weeks, but the problem is, okay, I've got a tournament next week. How do I feel? I've got a tournament the following week. How do I feel? Yeah. So, um, but good on you, man. Uh, that's really but, all. You know, just quickly, I just like I've said this to you before. I've often thought, "Wow, how can you play that much golf? Practice that much? Invest yourself that much? Yeah, and not take a, a kind of a vacation from the game." I've always thought that yeah. there's going to come times where you're going to burn out, and and perhaps that's and it's hard. Really- and the thing is, it's the trick is how do you not take it personally? Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's just yeah. uh, it's funny. I. Uh, I used to do this joke in my act about my uh, one of my ex girlfriends who said uh, to me in an argument once, uh, "You just, you just take everything so personally." I said, "You just call me a fucking asshole." That was about me. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty hard not to take that personally. I'm, I said, "I'm pretty sure that was about me." Um, oh, anyway, uh, thanks very much. Uh, that's uh, there. You go. There's a show. I said to Tim before the show started. I said, "Well, you know, let's do like 15 or 20 minutes and." <laughs> and see what happens uh, thank you very much uh, O'ConnorGolf.ca his latest substack is uh, interesting I I saw it there I didn't get a chance to read it um, actually it's pretty keyed into what we were talking about earlier about the whole awareness and triggers and right. stories and ah. all that stuff I hope your uh, wound heals the one inside and on your arm <laughs> Uh, this program is brought to you by TaylorMadeGolf.ca, StretchLab.com, and our friends at WhoIsOscarBravo.com, uh, the Humble and Fred Radio Program uh, .com, uh, podcast produces this show as well. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Coming in out of the rain and hear the jazz go down. Competition in other places.